Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Some of the work I've been doing lately has been around shifting my mindset of what wealthy feels like, not necessarily what wealthy looks like from a financial standpoint, but what does it feel like? How does that sit with me? And this has been something that I've been pondering back and forth, I'd say for the past maybe year, year and a half. And that's why I was so excited to chat with today's guest about mindfulness and money and ultimately what does it look like to have a zen millionaire mindset what does happy money look like i was really really stoked about this episode and i think you're going to enjoy it too but before we dive into a little bit of today's guest and what you're going to learn from this episode i have to share with you a really great money win this money win broke my heart in all the right places. It was so good. It comes from Nicole and Nicole says, hey all, I have wanted to buy a dog for years, but I always put it off for various reasons. I was busy with school, undergrad and grad, apartment living, pet deposit and pet rent, credit card debt, etc. After getting a promotion in my chosen field, moving into a house and paying off my credit card debt earlier this year, I started saving for a dog. I saved money for adoption fees, vaccinations, and puppy accessories and have a separate emergency fund as well. I'm happy to say that as of last week, I'm a proud dog mom to a handsome little pup. I waited until I was financially ready and I'm so happy I did. Hashtag money win. Nicole, I am so excited for you. Your dog is freaking adorable and thank you so much for sharing his picture in the Facebook group. He seriously is so, so cute and I love that you were smart about the timing of getting a pet. I think pet ownership is so important and so much fun, but man, you're so spot on with all of the vaccination fees. And even as they age, they're just expensive little stinkers, but congrats to you and your money win. I think that's really an awesome example of how we can really set up our financial lives to prepare for a pet. So congrats again. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about today's guest. Ken Honda is a total rock star. He's a money and happiness expert and a best-selling self-development author in Japan. He has book sales that have surpassed 8 million copies since 2001. Can you imagine 8 million copies? That is so many books. Anyways, his latest book is called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Ken studied law at Waseda University in Tokyo and entered the Japanese workforce as a business consultant and investor. His financial expertise comes from a few different areas. He has owned and managed several businesses, including an accounting firm, a management consulting firm, and even venture capital corporation. So he's got a really broad background in finance. His writings bridge on topics of finance and self-help and focus on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. He has so many good little tidbits and just wisdom. And you can just, I mean, this conversation, I did not want to end. I easily could talk to Ken for like hours. I just thought he was such a, a cool guy. One of the other cool things about him is he was the first person from Japan to be voted into the transformational leader. Leadership Council, which is a group of personal and professional development leaders. He's fluent in J Japanese and English. He's lived in Boston for two years, and he currently resides in Tokyo. I'm bummed I didn't know Ken when I went to Tokyo, because I would have definitely 
um, bribed him for tea. I don't know. I just would have been like, please, let's just like his wisdom is so good. It's so good, you guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. In this episode, we talk about what led Ken to think about the correlation between money and emotions. He shares a really heartfelt story about one of his friends or excuse me, his father's friends who committed suicide and killed his family. And that story really started to shift things for Ken and for his father. So it's really important to understand that that relationship there. We talk about how he retired at 29 years old. Yeah, 29 years old. He completely retired so he could spend more time with his daughter. We talk about recognizing your gifts and doing what you love. More importantly, how do you identify those gifts? So like very strategic ways that we can use to start to see what our gifts might be if you're not sure what those are. We talk about the effects of the word no during childhood and how he's really careful about using that word. Changing your financial life through this very simple perspective shift. Why wealth is an emotion instead of a number. And the huge difference between how Western culture and Japanese culture perceives money. I have been thinking about this conversation nonstop since chatting with Ken, and I hope that it really gives you a lot to think about, too. Sometimes we talk so much about the numbers and how to hit, you know, your financial independent goals or how to save more money for retirement. But we don't often have this type of conversation. So I really hope that it makes you pause and reflect and more than anything, see that you might already have enough. And that's what it really sparked for me. All right, guys, I am so excited to introduce you to Ken Honda. I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's go ahead and dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by one of my new friends, Ken Honda, all the way from Japan. Ken, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you, Whitney. I, I feel so excited and you're like very right next to me. So thanks to the technology too. It's the best, right? It's the best. Mm -hmm. So Ken, I'm really excited to chat with you because you you bring so much knowledge in a very different way when it comes mm-hmm. to personal finance than what we're used to, specifically in the Western area. So I'm kind of curious, take us back a little bit. How was money talked about when you were a kid? So my father was a very successful uh, tax accountant. So since I was like four or five, before I got to know about the world, he talked a lot about money, and uh, money was the main topic of my life. Uh, and so I think people start noticing money a little later, but I think since I was like three or four or five, uh, he took me to a shopping mall and he explained about how money circulates. That's amazing. So you were learning about how money is actually functional in the world from mm-hmm. a very young age. And then he was an accountant as well. You shared a story in your book, Happy Money, that I want to dive into a little bit. I think it's really interesting. You talk a little bit about all of these different emotions or feelings that money can have. Can you talk a little bit about what the heck that means? Well, what was so exciting is that since I was small, my father um, had me serve tea to his clients when they visited us on weekends. So I had this uh, interesting opportunity as a like seven or eight year old to serve a cup of tea to business owners, and uh, I could I could see um, what uh, is going on in their life. Some people seem very happy. Some people feel like a lot of frustration, like a very uh, stress and all that. And uh, my father said, you know, the, the stress of money can kill people. Money itself doesn't kill people. 
And uh, so, you know, he had so much wisdom around money. So since I was small, I watched people, uh, I observed people, how they react to money instead of just counting their net worth. Because I, I, I met the most uh, wealthy people in my hometown and they didn't seem happy. And uh, also in, in my neighborhood, there was a, hap, a happy man, but he didn't have any money. So I was confused too as well. I think probably like most like most of the uh, people in the world. You know, some people are very happy, some people are very unhappy, some people have money, some people don't. And uh, so what is this correlation between money and happiness and uh, and, and happy life? And, and, and also my father got into a depression after a suicide of his uh, his best friend's death. He was my father's client and uh, his father, uh, my, my father's friend committed uh, not only the suicide, but uh, he killed the entire family before he took his own life. Mm -hmm. So he went, my father went into a deep depression after that. That made me thinking uh, what money does for people. And I made up my mind, um, I was very little, but I had to make sure um, that uh, we had enough money for my family to be safe. So. Uh, it's a long journey for me, and I, I started young, so um, I at the age 29, I could retire uh, for my baby girl, and I took four years off. So uh, I had enough time to write a story of, of my life, and it became a national bestseller in Japan about 20 years ago, and since um, then, I've been writing books on happiness and money and, and work and family balance. I love that too. I love that there was the the family poll of you wanted to spend more time with your family and really uh -huh. cherish and honor that time. I think that's really something we can all relate to. A lot of people here, I was retired at 29 and I didn't have to work for money anymore. And they say, I want that life. So what were some of the steps that you took to even get to that point? So um, as I grew up and in my early 20s, I realized that the key to money and happiness is know who you are. So my teaching is more of Zen. Unless you know who you are, you cannot find happiness, and also you cannot find your uh, gifts. And your gifts are tied up with uh, uh, a lot of traumatic experiences and bad uh, experiences with your parents or with your sickness, with your bullying in school. And that um, brings up a lot of uh, gifts in you. And if you can find your gifts and how, how to share with that, um, you can be both prosperous and also very happy. I wrote a national bestseller. It's in Japanese. Uh, do what you love and make sure money follows you. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes people uh, do the first part, do what you love, but they forget to make sure that money follows you. Because sometimes it does, sometimes it sometimes <laughs> so it true. doesn't. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, you don't want uh, the luck carry your life, so you have to make sure. You have to set up a system. Uh, I, I call it money container. So um, instead of trying to get money, uh, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and receive money because mm -hmm. real happiness is in receiving, not in getting. But I think in Western, Western culture, I think getting is more important than receiving. But if you just focus, you know, we, we start our life by receiving as a baby. So we have to learn how to receive well. That's uh, money EQ I teach. 
I, I love that you talk about the gift of receiving because you're spot on in Western cultures. It does seem like you focus so much on getting money at all expenses. It doesn't matter what the cost is. And sometimes that's to the detriment of you and to society and everybody around you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the gift piece of like understanding what your gifts are. Mm-hmm. Can How the heck do we figure that out? Because that seems really hard for a lot of people. Actually, I wrote about 20 or more books on how to discover your gifts and how to monetize them. I'll just uh, tell you the short version today. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people are gifted, but they, they think it's not enough. It doesn't make money right at the, right on the spot. Like, Whitney, you are very good at uh, um, speaking, and also you're good at explaining things, right? So those things are beautiful gifts, but people don't get paid uh, by itself. So you have to combine your gifts. You know, if you just combine with a counseling skill or coaching skill, which I, I believe you do, uh, finally it becomes um, um, uh, manifested as money. So you have to know certain tricks and skills to um, to make sure that money follows you. So I uh, have to find uh, gift, uh, gifts is like the, fi- uh, the first step. For example, uh, oftentimes um, your friends are surprised about you, like, what you spent that much money on this <laughs> or what you know you went to school and it's like thirty eight hundred dollars you know uh, you <laughs> yep. get ripped off so uh, the, the the things you do may surprise people that's related to your gifts and of course the compliments and the certain things that uh, uh, a certain time and money you spend on that's your gifts if uh, I used to spend uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars in uh, buying books I love books. So it, I no, no wonder I, I turn out to be an author. It's on the it other makes side, sense. but yeah. <laughs> but I, my dream was to become a books um, bookstore owner or author. Either way, I just want to be close to books. So that's so cool. I I love that too. And if I remember correctly, I think I read or listened somewhere that sometimes what your parents scold you for can yes. also be a gift. Can you talk yes. about that? <laughs> I was. I was just a, a chatty boy, you know, uh, not a Japanese, typical Japanese guy. We're supposed to be guys don't talk, right? <laughs> but so my parents were worried because I was like a little girl. And in their opinion, you know, those days there were not any uh, political issues then about sure, then, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and and uh, my, my parents said, often said, shut up, you're noisy. You know, don't talk to me. Can you keep silence in just just for one minute? So those things uh, still haunt me sometimes in a fun way. But uh, that means that I had so much to share. Uh, one time on a report card, my te- third grade teacher said, don't talk more than I do in, in classroom. <laughs> because I was kind of explaining about uh, what she said you know, <laughs> to my classmate. So I was an interpreter then. So if you're scolded for being too noisy or just move your body too much, you are a born dancer, you're a born speaker. And, you know, if if you are told not to cook, you know, too much or whatever that is, you, that's your gift. So parents notice you, but in a negative way. So we've been often scolded with our own gifts. So if our parents were a little smarter, they were, they probably were like super surprised. Wow, you have amazing gifts, Whitney. You know, you're so good at speaking. I think you should be a public speaker, you know? but we didn't have parents like that. 
So no, we have to remember. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember who we who who we were to to know who we are. I think that's a really great point too. And then even as a parent, I do have a lot of parents that listen in. I don't have kids myself, but you you do. How do you how do you incorporate that into your parenting style so that you're enhancing the gifts and you're not diminishing them or squandering them? Yeah, so there's a study that by the age 12, we listen to uh, no, no, you know, more than like uh, a few hundred thousand times. It's like amazing numbers. So um, just imagine that. And I, I, I read somewhere and I started not, uh, I decided to watch myself for not saying that. So I, I was so surprised and amused how many times I said, no, it's dangerous, you know, not that yeah. way. So uh, because uh, toddlers are, are very dangerous, actually, physically, because they're just in two seconds, they can crawl very fast, right, to the roads or like uh, in the park. So and, and then I, I said, I'm supposed to say no. So like I instead I said, yes, you know, yes, yes, because <laughs> <laughs> going going all over. So I thought it's so funny if we could use uh, switch the word yes, yes, instead of no, maybe we have a different planet. But we are mm-hmm. so used to saying no, 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 no. So I uh, almost most of the traumas I have had in my childhood is uh, I've, I've heard enough no's to my dreams. Yeah. So we try not to say no to my daughter. And so uh, we've never scolded her. We, we set boundaries, but, you know, that's it. Uh, unless it's physically uh, dangerous, uh, we never say no. So it's a very different uh, parenting. And also we founded a school um, in Japan. Japan, they're like uh, branching out. So uh, in inner school, you're supposed to follow your heart. So there's no curriculum. There's no test. So uh, uh, kids do what they want to do. It, it, it's, it started in actually in North America. It's called Sudbury Valley School in Boston. Huh. That's incredible. I love the concept of that too, of letting letting kids be kids and explore and just be curious and and follow their passions, even if we. It it, it is something I've noticed this a lot too, where we do we let kids dream a little bit. If they want to be an astronaut or if they want to be an actress, that's so awesome until they turn 18. Then it's like, no, you need to be realistic now. <laughs> but it's almost the exact opposite. So you're you're really enhancing that culture of acceptance and curiosity and letting them follow their passions. Yes. And at the same time, I'm a very realistic person. So, uh, at, uh, you know, in order to be happy, you have to follow your dreams. But at the same time, you have to be realistic. Otherwise, you're just a daydreamer. Right. Yeah. So sometimes you may have to say no. Uh, in my one of my books, I said, you have to <clears throat> give a death sentence to your past dream. Mm. That means you have to give up one dream and then start searching for another. Uh, I had a friend uh, who, who just uh, followed his dream of becoming a singer till he was 35. But I said... You know, I'm your friend, so I I hate to bring it up, but your songs suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good, good friend. <laughs> yeah, and so and he just uh, he sighed. I I never heard anybody sigh that long. You know, <sighs> for probably 30 30 35 years of worth. That's right. <laughs> 35 years of size. 
I think you're right. <laughs> and then he get he gave up. And now he's working as a consultant, you know, very beautifully. So sometimes you have to kill your own dream uh, to follow another because uh, um, we are born with multiple gifts. So you, we don't have to be stuck with one. If one uh, life doesn't work, you can choose another. That's the beauty of modern world. So true. I love this so much. And I think it it directly impacts our ability to make money, how much we make. You kind of mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, when you're talking about Zen money, mm-hmm. what, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that, like, paint me this picture of what Zen money actually means. You know, people try to think money is either bad or good, but money is a neutral energy. So Zen teaches you to be neutral. So when um, when you have money, money can be good, money can be bad. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. If you're a good person, you probably use money well. If you're a bad person, uh, money will be used in a wicked way. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to really um, observe what's happening in your life. And unfortunately, 95 of money uh, is what I call unhappy money. When we receive it, we feel frustration. When we spend it, we feel uh, anger and also uh, resentment and also anxiety. Uh, whereas uh, a very few percentage of happy people receive money with a smile and spend money with a smile. So uh, which one do you want to choose? Money is just a neutral energy. It's how um, it's what you give it to money. But unfortunately, we are so stressed with money, and it's especially in this time of you know, uh, what's going on, uh, people are genuinely scared. I don't, I don't blame it because um, what's going on is scary. But at the same time, it's exciting too because you're forced to be out of the job that you didn't, you didn't even enjoy. So it's a good start for everybody. So I think it's a start of a, a interesting evolution as a human being because from here, are we going to support one another? Or are we going to, you know, uh, be on our own and just try to kick out, kick everybody off and try to yeah. survive on your own? So this is an interesting opportunity after 70, 80 uh, years of um, what went on in Spanish flu. And also after that, uh, World War Three, uh, World War Two. So are we going to have a World War Three or are we going to have a beautiful world? It's up to us. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what's going on politically all over the world is very chaotic because we are at this turning point, uh, what to choose. I like that it's a choice. I think that's a really empowering feeling. And mm. I think that we can choose. I agree with you. We can choose happy, optimistic thoughts and let money come from that place as well. Or we can choose negative, pessimistic thoughts. When when we're becoming aware of what our thoughts are regarding money energy. Do you have any tips of like, how do we determine if we're overall happy money or unhappy money? Any any tips to uncovering that? It manifests in your physical, uh, you know, a body. Mm. When you feel afraid, you get contracted and you feel, um, you know, when you feel like stress, like worried, you feel cold, you get hot, um, it, it appears in your body. And, uh, when you receive happy money, it just gives you ah feeling, you know, very relaxing, like very opening, like uh, your parents send you money or neighbors or your best friends send you even like 10 bucks. 
you know, uh, it, 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 it opens you up and it relaxes you. So uh, if you feel tense, that means you're under stress. So just check your body first. And also um, listen to your heart. What is your heart telling you? Uh, are you happy or are you sad or are you depressed? Yeah, you always have to check um, what's going on in your life. And especially um, when you think of money, uh, 95% of us, unfortunately, feels, uh, we feel stressed. Uh, when Just say, you know, uh, imagine money. Uh, people say, you know, <laughs> they, they feel some kind of funny uh, emotions. Uh, whereas uh, happy people say, imagine money. Oh, yes, money can do this and do that. Oh, I, I forgot to send this money to charity. But, you know, a lot of happy thoughts. So yeah. uh, it's not, not, not only money, but it's life too. Uh, imagine uh, relationships, imagine house, imagine your car. Uh, if that gives you stress or uh, happiness. So just check everything, right? Just imagine how much you weigh. I think most of us feel like, oh, I have to lose five more kilos <laughs> or pounds, right? So yeah. like, uh, what brings you stress? What brings you happiness, joy? And oftentimes, uh, all the things we imagine gives you stress. That's, that's, that's not a fun way of living, living, I guess. No, it's it's not. And I think a lot of us do, we, we live that way without even realizing it. We're just very yes. unaware that we, yes. we are living that way. And so I like that just like checking in and being aware and just imagining and allowing your mind to wander and then observing those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think that's super powerful. Can we dive into receiving money and feeling good about that? Because that is, mm-hmm. that's something I personally struggle with is receiving mm-hmm. money from a positive place. Yes. So uh, happy and, and abundant people uh, think money as air because it just, it's, it's, it's everywhere. You know, you don't complain a person right next to you is just sniffing your oxygen, right? You know, that's my oxygen. You, know? you don't say <laughs> right. that because it's, it's, it's full of it there, right? So uh, for happy people, receiving money is like receiving a um, uh, blessing. For example, uh, one time I had this uh, fun meeting with a um, business owner. He was so excited to see me. So he brought um, uh, interesting sweets, you know, a, a cake. And oh, beneath wow. that, there's an envelope, and there's a, a cash in it. And, uh, and you know, I just checked it. And there's how much did you think there was in the envelope? There was 10,000 US dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I called him and, and I asked him, what is this money for? And he said, I wanted to express my joy of meeting you. So please accept it. And I said, okay. You know, a lot of people say, no, 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 no I have to return the money. That's what I would have said. Right. So <laughs> I said, OK, thank you. So I, I receive a lot of thank you money that way. You know, uh-huh. uh, when I when my uh, accounting um, uh, accountant, my brother is closing uh, the annual right sales. Uh, oftentimes we we spot we spot uh, the money that we don't know where it comes from, you know, like. A uh, few thousand dollars are wired to my account, but we don't know who uh, mm-hmm. he or she is not on our database. That means, I guess, people who appreciated me uh, for my work uh, just send me checks. So that's happy, right? And then uh, receiving money is one way. And then I, a few days later, I, I, I met up a, a person, uh, a wife whose um, husband got hospitalized, and he didn't, she didn't know what to do. 
uh, because she hasn't worked and she was worried about money. So I said, oh, I have a good prescription for you. <laughs> and there's this envelope of $10,000 and give it to her. And then she was so excited and she was crying. For me, I didn't make the money. You know, I was I received the money and I asked the money, where where do you want to go? And um, the money says, I mean, at least in my, in my imaginary mind, I want to be with the family. So, OK, you should go bless them. So that $10,000, instead of just, you know, I, I use it, they use it. And uh, it, the, for money, it's happier um, with the family. Uh, with me, it doesn't change my life, but with them, it changes everything. So uh, by receiving well and passing on to other paid for, I think our life will be so full of joy, happiness, and miracles. But uh, we tend to stop the flow of happy money by saying, no, 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 I can't accept that. You know, So just be willing to receive is what I teach. And I also what I practice too. And uh, I... I'm having uh, so much fun by receiving and sharing because uh, that way you find yourself in a positive flow of money. I love that. I love that you, you're right. It does stop that flow of that happy money and, and the other lives that it could impact. Um, gosh, that's so true. And you're, you're killing somebody else's happiness by saying, no, I don't want yes. to take this. Yeah. Because the, he was so excited. He wanted to, yeah express his gratitude. I mean, he's just a bit boring businessman. So <laughs> he talks money, right? That's his language. And I'm sure he's giving another envelope to his wife <laughs> because that's the way he shows his love. But anyway, so just, you know, people have different ways. So I said appreciation. So also another thing is appreciation is a key. You know, I teach money, but also it's, it's about life. So once you start appreciating money coming in, money going out, uh, it's the same as appreciating your life, life events. If you can start appreciating what's going on in your life, um, you can appreciate anything. And uh, what the funny thing is, once you appreciate certain things, you cannot worry about the same thing at the same time. For example, when you're worried about money and just start appreciating what you have, and in 30 seconds, you cannot go back to worrying mode again because, oh, actually, I have more than enough. And then, okay, I, I need to worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't really go well. <laughs> uh -uh. So my mentor, Wahei Takeda, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan, he constantly said, focus on appreciation. Arigato your money. Thank your money. And that way, you will lose, he said, you will lose the ability to worry about money. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you can't. You cannot worry about money. So um, it's very contagious. That's why I'm so excited to share this story with anybody who is interested. I, I love the focus on mindfulness around money and just thanking your money and taking away that that worry. How does this practically look if somebody's listening in and they're like, that sounds great, Ken, but I, I'm broke. I don't have any money. I can barely pay my bills. How do we still cultivate that thank you, that arigato of your money. Like, how do you still do that when you feel like you don't have enough to make ends meet? Yeah. So next time when you receive money, either a government check or your friend or your odd job, you thank your money. Arigato your money. Thank, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to my place. You know, uh, and also thank the person who pay you. He or she could have chosen you 
as a coach out of hundreds of thousands of coaches, right? Yeah. So there's a, a reason that you can appreciate her or him for believing you. People don't pay if they don't believe what they what you you deliver. So like, wow, thank you for believing me. Thank you for trusting me. So I think it's very heavy and it's beautiful that somebody trusts you enough to pay uh, precious money to you. So like, even it doesn't really matter how much it is. It's uh, the energy. Wow, thank you for trusting me and thank you for the money. So one of my students who's a, a single mom and she was a secretary and she was complaining about um, how little uh, pay she got from her boss. And, and, and But after knowing about this happy money attitude, she shifted. So she, not only she started appreciating about her money, she started appreci- appreciating about her boss too, which mm. was like, it, which never happened. And a few, week, a few weeks later, uh, she got a big raise and uh, a bonus from her boss, who, who she thought is a very stingy person. And uh, her appreciation got through to his heart, and I think he wanted to show the appreciation for the years that she worked with with him. So uh, this thing works uh, practically too, because once you appreciate your clients, um, they just uh, do more business with you. So it doesn't really matter if you're broke or you're a billionaire, uh, unless you appreciate your money, you cannot enjoy money. So uh, even if you have a few bucks, just donate it in a, to a box at the shopping um, mall or a supermarket. You know, a, a, a donating 10 cents or donating $1 doesn't hurt. But that gives you a message that you have more than enough. And actually, you think uh, you're broke financially, but I, I call that you're mentally broke. You know, I've interviewed many millionaires. And they've never been mentally broke. That's why they could bounce back and then became a millionaire again. So don't be broke mentally. You can be financially broke, but that's a temporary situation. But if you're mentally broke, uh, you stay there. So uh, I think appreciation, arigato your money, thanking your money is the fastest uh, way and shortcut to get out of this uh, um, uh, scare, uh, scarcity. You know, uh, it's a very scare scary place. So you have to get out of this uh, scarcity uh, that you have, what you have is not enough. You are more than enough. If you feel like you're more than enough, uh, you can snap out of the place. I agree. I love that so much. So one of the things that you, you talk about and you write about often is that wealth is just an emotion. And I want to dive into this a little bit more. So when you started to realize that wealth was just an emotion, mm-hmm. how did that change your life personally? You know, before then, I never thought uh, money was uh, emotions or energy. But I, as I study more about money, I was confused because um, one of the smartest people on the planet who's um, got Nobel Prize and uh, who got doctor's degree from the most extingu- uh, distinguished universities, um, they, ra- they run hedge funds, but they do the most stupid things uh, emotionally and they lose it all. So how come the smartest person on earth uh, make the stupidest mistake? Uh, I think it's because of emotional um, imbalance. 
if you are disturbed emotionally, you make all kinds of emotional uh, mistakes, which are more costly than uh, financial. You know, uh, you've heard the news, like uh, uh, famous boxers or uh, NBF players, they make millions of dollars, but they go bankrupt. I mean, how can you go bankrupt after making $30 million a year? It's because of this uh, emotional mistakes. So once you know that uh, your money is attached to your emotions, you figure out what kinds of emotions control you. Uh, a lot of people are worried about money. And so that's, that's the basis of their life. Uh, people are worried, so they don't switch jobs. They don't go um, on their own, um, start their business because they're worried about money. So uh, certain emotions around money controls your life. And unless you heal the pain uh, that uh, is related to money, your life will be controlled uh, until you die. That's really interesting, too, because I think that it's something we all have control over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're making $10,000 a year or $10 million a year. You yes. you have control over that part. I think mm-hmm. that's a really great practice. Yes, yes. So uh, you have to watch out what kinds of emotions you feel every day around money. Ken, what are your thoughts on debt? How does our emotions, if we're viewing it as happy money or unhappy money, how does that impact our our debt or does it have any correlation? A lot of people feel guilty when they have uh, debts uh, because they feel like they, uh, uh, almost like uh, one of my clients described it as uh, dark clouds over your head. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's haunting you. But for me, if you just take a look at uh, debt as a, uh, from happy money perspective, uh, debts are the trust that somebody placed on you. For example, banks and uh, friends and relatives, um, the people trusted that you have financial capability to pay back. Otherwise, they didn't even uh, uh, loaning you the money to begin with, right? Yep. So at one point, they trusted you have the ability to make money. So instead of uh, feeling uh, burdened by the debt, you can say, wow, I feel so much love and trust and friendship from the banks. So I want to show my expression, uh, expression, um, my appreciation back to the bank by uh, paying back every month to answer to the trust. So once you shift your energy and feeling around debt, uh, every time you look at the bill and and then every time you pay the debt back, you feel loved. Thank you for trusting me. I love it. And and this month, I want to answer your trust and just um, just wait another two years to pay back uh, all my loan or three months for your case. Right, Fitney? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for trusting me. So if you feel if you just change this uh, emotions from guilt to love, your life would be very different. And uh, that doesn't change the amount of debt, but definitely change the quality of your life. Yeah, the energy just feels different. Even you just saying that, it has a different, more positive feeling where you feel hopeful instead of like it's going to just take over your life and it's such a negative thing. It it does change that, that energy a lot. Yes. So... Uh, you know, that's why I say 
what, how you relate to money is more important than how you have the money. Because once you feel like, oh, there's so much love and friendship and trust, you know, you start thinking, maybe I'm loved. Maybe I'm, I've been trusted. I thought all my life, my I'm not, uh, I, I've often uh, hear my clients say, I have always thought I'm not uh, worthy of trusting. You know, right? uh, you yes. say it to yourself. And uh, so uh, your life is so miserable if you cannot trust yourself. But once you know that you're trusted by everybody you have, you know, it's a beautiful feeling that, wow, I have so much trust. So uh, just close your eyes. And then if you just uh, start counting how many people placed a trust in you, could be your grandparents, your parents, or your best friend. You may not have many, but if you have one, just thank the person and start just uh, trusting other people as well. And that will be a big shift in your life, especially around debt. And I've heard a lot of people um, pay back uh, the debts much faster than before that they expected. But uh, love and friendship, uh, you feel like you want to answer to their trust, right? If you're, um, instead of bank, if your uh, uncle just uh, gave you the loan, mm -hmm. you want to thank your uncle by paying back uh, faster than necessary, right? So just um, um, feel the trust and love from the debt. That's so beautiful. I love that philosophy so much. And I think that's something we can all be a little bit more aware of. I appreciate you sharing that. One quick quick follow-up on that, Ken. I'm kind of curious. Yes, Does it matter if you think your money or you think the the lender in your head or is it like is it better to write out a letter like like do, does that part matter at all um you know uh, once again i i said uh, there are so many ways that you think and and act some people yeah, yeah. maybe show the dance of appreciation to a bank <laughs> the money dance <laughs> you'd be probably escorted out to the exit but you know you, you can show you can show your um uh, uh, appreciation maybe you can sing to a bank you know, uh, in your in apartment, not at the bank. But <laughs> can you imagine? That'd be great, though. <laughs> yeah, you can write a letter. You don't have to post it. So just be appreciative. Show show your expression. And if you, if if you become the expression, if you become the appreciation, you become the center of energy, and then um, your whole life will shift. I've done that with uh, hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, uh, all the testimonials was, are in Japanese. But uh, for the past year, I've been doing this in English, too, and I'm hearing all the incredible stories uh, from my students. So I think this thing should work in North America and Europe and other Western countries as well. So mm -hmm. be the center of appreciation. You'll be more attractive and people want to talk with you and people want to hire you. People want to give you jobs. Uh, just imagine there are two people. One is very appreciative and the other is always grouching. Which would you choose? Oh, yeah, definitely the appreciative one. Yes. So these things, um, this teaching uh, works and it doesn't cost you anything. Just, you know, stay happy and just appreciate what you have, what 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 comes into your life and what uh, what's going to leave you uh, in your life. And if you can appreciate both ways, your life will be lifted uh, in a matter of months. Mm hmm. I love the quote that you you say that what you appreciate appreciates. I, I think that's really so beautiful. Yes. Thank you.
talk to me a little bit about wants versus needs and how that plays a factor into our, our financial life. And with this whole happy money philosophy, what, what, mm-hmm. how do we determine what's a want, what's a need? Like, do you have any mm-hmm. practical tips there? Yes. And oftentimes I, I, uh, I enjoy the difference between Japanese interviewers and American interviewers. American <laughs> interviewers uh, ask me, how can I get more money to be happy? That's very American. And Japanese would say, how can I be satisfied with what I have? It's Ooh. a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, unless we believe more is better, I need more money, bigger houses, more cars, more houses. Uh, it's a shortcut to hell because the more doesn't uh, heal you. Uh, if you make uh, $100,000, you want to make, uh, if you want to double your income. And even if you have uh, $500,000 uh, as your income, uh, your friends are making more. So if you are stuck in this hell of uh, doing or wanting more, mm-hmm. uh, that is a shortcut to unhappiness. So you have to find ways to satisfy yourself. So like I need three cars, you know, to feel abundant. Well, I need two homes. I need mm. uh, whatever that is. So uh, you have to really uh, differentiate what is super necessary for your survival, you know, I'm sure you have enough enough clothes for the rest of your life, That's physically, true. right? And so, but I'm not saying like, don't buy any more clothes. I'm just saying, you know, what is the basic needs? And if you're in credit card debts, you don't need any more clothes until you pay off all the debts. So you have to really tell what you need because we tend to uh, overthink we need more. You know, we need to give us a reward. You know, I worked so hard, so I deserve whatever that is. So, and it's it's not uh, something uh, that you deserve. One time, a few years ago, uh, we had a a, um, like a um, dinner with four or five entrepreneurs, and um, we were talking about what kind of prizes and rewards we give to ourselves. And a friend of mine said, I'm, I'm going to buy Maserati uh, because I accomplished certain, certain goals. And uh, they're talking about uh, like watches and stuff like that. And I said, uh, when I finish my book, I want to read Harry Potter. You know, that, the, the <laughs> last one, the last yeah. one was coming out, you know, so I was so excited. So uh, and and all my friends are like frowning, like, what are you going to read? You know, Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah, that's my reward, you know, but uh, I finish one book, I can read one book. It sounds fair. And everybody was laughing. People thought I was joking, you know, but for me, it's a big reward. Um, Walking, take a walk with my uh, wife and daughter. That's the most precious, precious moment. So I wouldn't trade for Rolls Royce because, you know, that's more precious for me. So you have to reward yourself, not financially or materially, uh, more emotionally. So once you start doing that, it doesn't cost you any money. I, I love that so much. That's actually a practice I've been working on myself over the years is trying to be more mindful, more present. And a lot of that has helped just by spending more time in nature and being present in nature. And it's also helped to understand that I have enough. And I love that this is exactly what you're preaching. I think it's incredible. Right. But I'm not teaching minimalistic attitude, you know, so uh, I may sound contradictory, 
But at the same time, uh, same thing, you know, uh, receiving money is important, sharing money is important, and also making money is important. It may contradict in your mind. It takes a little while um, mm-hmm. to really get it, but um, start appreciation first, and then you'll see a whole new world. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to take this this education and learn more about this practice, is there a book specifically of yours that you would recommend that really will help reshape our mindset? <laughs> I have more than 100 books in Japanese. But I know, I, I saw that. I have that. only one in English. It's called Happy Money. It's a yellow book cover and a smiley mark. You, you'll notice at the airport and all the major bookstores, probably these days people buy it at Amazon. It's called Happy Money. I think people can remember it easily. And uh, I also teach a money EQ course at Mind Valley. Uh, it's a uh, app company. Uh, uh, they focus on health and uh, well-being. So you can just Google that. And and I'm going to trans. I'm translating a lot of free materials into English now. So hopefully I can share so much. Um, but the basic thing and the most important thing is appreciate your money coming in and going out. That is a key. And once you start doing that, you see a, a, a totally uh, big difference in your life. And then probably you want to explore more. I love it. And I have been reading your book. I know I kind of told you that before we officially hit record, but mm-hmm. I've been reading it and loving it and head nodding and just like cheering. I think it's the best book I've read in a very long time. So thank you so thank much you. for creating that. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be able to share what I know. Uh, you know, I, I've made enough money for an entire life and uh, this is my joy and this is my life work to spread the knowledge of happy money. And I'm, my vision is by impacting one billion people on this planet, we can shift the planet. Uh, we can exploit our planet uh, by uh, wanting more. We need to be satisfied with less. Otherwise, we cannot distribute enough food enough resources. Uh, I hope we can all wake up to sharing what we have. Uh, That's what I um, uh, envision. And I want you to start uh, filling your life with happiness. And probably in a few years, we'll, we'll we'll see a totally different planet. Yeah, I would think so. I think that attitude of gratitude goes a long way and it's that ripple effect. So I, I think you're uh-huh. spot on. Do you ever have anybody that challenges the idea of being content with less as diminishing their motivation? Like some people, I, I've heard people say before where if I am very content with my life and everything that I have, if I appreciate everything I have, why would I want to work harder for more? I hear that often and I don't agree with it, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know, since I was 29, I all I what I do is not motivated by by money. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, the the more I I uh, or the less I think of money, the more seem to come. So the more I share, uh, the more to come. Like uh, with this pandemic, I'm helping so many people uh, with cash, and uh, I have many envelopes full of cash. So whenever I see people. I try to give one envelope uh, to the person in need. So oh, the the more, the more I help, somehow more books are in print and all the courses I do uh, are just selling uh, so fast. So 
I think、uh, the less is more, and the more is less. So it sounds very Zen, but try that. You know, you may find a different perspective. So、uh, in my experiences, if you tap into the source of happiness and、uh, this inspiration energy,、um, you'll be never, you'll never be tired of doing that.、Uh, so once you know that you're on the stage, all you have to do is just share and enjoy.、Uh, So I'm really enjoying my life、uh, because I、uh, I wake up in the morning and I open my email boxes and all you know sometimes I get hundreds of、uh, emails. They start by saying thank you Ken for、uh, doing and and it's so beautiful to see、Aww. how I impact、uh, people's lives. And so、um, you can be motivated by、uh, financial gain,、uh, or you can be motivated by love and friendship and appreciation. Once again, it's、uh, it's it's your choice. What kind of gasoline you want to put in your into your car? Yeah, Ken, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I could easily talk to you for hours and just learn everything that you have in your your head. It's amazing. I think it's super impactful. But before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Okay. Okay, Ken. What is one purchase that you've recently made that has made your life better? My life better. Oh, I bought、um, a nice microphone for for interviews, and people seem to like it. So I'm really yeah. <laughs> Which one did you go with? I think it's a Yeti microphone that everybody seems to、uh, recommend. That's awesome. It does. It sounds really good. It really does. Yes. So I feel.、Um, This is my little toy, my little boy. I have two, so a boy and a girl. <laughs> your your second kids. <laughs> yes. Okay, Ken. I love people's morning routines. I just I think they're really interesting. So, what is your current morning routine? So when I wake up, I start、um, with this question:、uh, What kind of miracle I'm going to see today?、Mm. So I'm expecting a miracle or miracles、uh, to happen on that day, and I can't wait.、Uh, I'm I'm going to have one more interview later this afternoon with a very well-known person, and、uh, I'm so excited. You know, I start with you now, Whitney, and then、uh, the second one is Japanese. But wow, you know, I'm I'm going to impact so many people with him, and、uh, I can't wait to be on the show. So、um, every day. I'm full of gratitude, and also I'm, I'm expecting so many miracles, and I think they do happen in one day. I do too. I love that. Great answer. Where is one location you would love to travel to? Oh, right now I we are so stuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yes, if all the uh, uh, borders are being Protection have been lifted.、Sure. I love to go to Sedona, Arizona, where I enjoy being there. It's a very、uh, inspirational place, U.S. That's amazing. And you lived in the U.S. for a few years too, right? Yes, a couple of years. That's why、uh, that's where I studied it,、um, English, but it's、that's、still very、amazing. hard. No, you do. You do a great job. I'm very, very impressed. Thank you. Okay, my last question for you. In、mm-hmm. your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? 
I think love and inspiration. If you have so much love, you want to give and share, and people will respond. And if you're not inspired, you don't have much to share. So love as a motivation and inspiration to get you going. So I need uh, love and inspiration for an answer. Ken, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation and learning from you. It was very inspirational and it made me pause and, and decide that I want to choose happy money instead of unhappy money. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Whitney. I really enjoyed it. And I hope all the listeners uh, will start being in the flow of happy money. So I I pray you, all of you, I, I've never met you, but uh, I, all of you are in my prayers. What did you think? I can honestly say this has been one of my favorite conversations that I've had in a really long time. I don't know if it's just hitting all the right points for me, like where I'm at in my life, or it's just speaking to my soul. I'm not quite sure, but this one really resonated with me. And this is definitely one that I'm going to hold near and dear to my heart and probably listen to a few times in a row. All right. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot. Let me know you're listening in and tag me on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. And if you want to go the extra step, tag Ken to let him know that you're listening in too. He does this truly for love, for helping others. And I think it really shows too. And I know it always means a lot seeing who's listening in. All right, that is it for today. I hope you are having a great Wednesday. Love you. And I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.